Good to have you. Welcome to Tuesday Afternoon Bible Study. If you are joining us online, welcome to all of you as well. We are blessed to have you with us. Looking good. Someone asked, are we having Bible study on July 4th? That's a Tuesday. Well, I won't be here. Lisa won't be here. The office is closed. Uh, if, you want, if you want Bible study, find someone with a key and let yourself in. That's, that's it. But that's like, that's like six weeks away. So, uh, but someone did ask, so uh, no. Uh, no. No Bible study on July 4th. Let's pray. God above, we celebrate anniversaries and birthdays and times of gathering and times of, of uh, national holidays. Celebrate with us that as we cross these milestones, that we, with each and every day, we grow a little closer to you um, in, in love and forgiveness and mercy. May we read these words from these, from these pages, and may they touch our hearts so that we know whose we are and who you are. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. John chapter 10 is where we are. And I don't have my Bible turned to that page yet. John chapter 10. Chapter 10. I think it's after chapter 9. There it is. Before chapter 11. So Jesus, uh, in chapter 9, you might remember it was, a, if you got those red letter Bibles, uh, <laughs> most of it was red. Jesus just got done uh, giving the Pharisees a little bit of tongue lashing about spiritual blindness. And chapter 10 is, continues right where, right where he left off. Again, uh, when, they, when they wrote the Bible, John did not put chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3. That came a couple hundred years later. Uh, and so this is actually, they, they, whoever thought chapter 9 is long enough, we're going to start chapter 10, but it's kind of in the middle of, of the discourse. So that's where we are. Let's do, let's do verses 1 through 6, just that one paragraph. Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Very truly, I tell you. Or other Bibles say, I tell you the truth. Or other Bibles say, most assuredly. Um, this follows at least thematically in John's gospel after the great conflict uh, regarding the, the, oh, what was the healing? Oh, the person born blind. Born blind on the Sabbath. And, and, and who did all this? Uh, the religious leaders have shown themselves to be so unhelpful and cruel to the man uh, they weren't. They weren't even amazed that the guy was healed. They were just more upset about who who healed him. Uh, that Jesus felt it necessary to talk about the contrast between his heart, his heart, and the work as a leader to God's people, and the heart and work of many of the religious leaders of the day. Um, 
most assuredly, I tell you the truth, this is a phrase that is peculiar to the fourth gospel. Um, he uses it a lot. Jesus, verily I say unto thee, uh, that got kind of language is sprinkled all the way through, through John. Uh, did you get the whole sheepfold by the door, but someone who climbs in the other way is a thief? Does that, does that make sense or ring a bell to anybody? All right. Um, you got one way in, and if you got to climb the wall or if you have to go in another way, uh, you're probably not supposed to be there. Uh, Jesus explained that not everyone among the sheep is a true shepherd. Some are like thieves and robbers. Uh, one mark of being a thief and a robber is how they gain entry among the sheep. Uh, the idea is there's a door, there's a proper way. Uh, not everyone who stands among the sheep comes in that way. Some climb and go another way. So you can imagine, who are the who are the sheep? Us. Or the sheep. And who who is the shepherd? Jesus. And in this context, guess who the thieves and the robbers are? Uh, the Pharisees. Uh, the Pharisees who care more about about rules, about their stature, about their their leadership in uh, in in the, in the life of the of the community. Um, God always intended that His people be led, be fed, be protected by those who come in the legitimate uh, intended way. The door is there for a reason. Some will always climb over the barriers, but God has the barriers and the door for a reason. Do you know who gets to be uh, talking about clergy for Methodist? How do, how do you get to be a Methodist clergy? Do you think? What's what's the what? Give me give me a couple of the steps you think we got to follow. We got to you got to have the right theology. You got to go to school for us anyway uh, to be uh, uh, ordained. The term reverend. Uh, is is educational based. Uh, reverend means that you have a degree in in theology. Uh, I can't be called pastor if I don't have a flock. <laughs> I just can't be Pastor Mike all out there by myself because I don't have a shepherd. Uh, there's... If you're a shepherd and you have no sheep, you're just out for a walk. That's what it is. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so some schooling, the right theology that you kind of get with the schooling. Can I just go to? Can anyone just go up to the bishop and say, "Hey, I want to be a United Methodist pastor"? No, 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 no. We're kind of different in in many respects because for a clergy, and I know this has nothing to do with you, but I'm telling you how we get through the legitimate door. Um, you have to belong to a Methodist church for for at least a year, bare minimum. <laughs> You've been here six, so you could be a you could be a pastor six times over. Oh, that's my job. All right. Uh, belong to a church for a year, and then you get voted in by your church. That's level number one. Your own church has to say that you have the gifts and graces to become a pastor, to become a shepherd. Because if your own church don't vote you in, trust me, no other church wants you. <laughs> you want you. Uh, so you have to get voted in by your church. Uh, then you go to what we call the district level. Uh, we are in the Sage District. Uh, there's about 40 churches in our area that uh, comprise the Sage District, and there's some representatives on there who do testing and interviews and that kind of thing to see if you have the fruits of ministry. You have to pass the district level. The first time I went through, I passed the church level, easy peasy. The district level denied me because of my anger issues. 
Can you believe that? I'm still a little upset about that. But uh, I didn't have anger issues, but they said, tell us about your childhood And so I said, with the church. And so I, I told them a story of how my parents got kicked out of the church back in the day because my mom was 17 and pregnant. And in 1969, that was a no-no in that part of the world. Uh, and so the district thought, ooh, this is a, this is a red flag. Fly, so, so kick him back, kick him back to the church. Um, I had to, I had to uh, meet with a chaplain for about six months. Uh, walk, walk around, do uh, chaplaincy stuff at the hospital, and then have conversations with him. After six months, he said, "You're fine. You're, as a matter of fact, you need a little more fire and gumption. You're pretty laid back." Uh, so, uh, past the district level. Once you pass that, you go to the conference level, and if you pass those interviews. Uh, two days of nine-hour interviews each, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, then you get then then you get to be a pastor. That's a legitimate way. Um, some people don't make that path, where they try to bypass. I don't I don't want a church to vote on me because if they find out who I really am, no one will want me as their pastor. <laughs> Can't do it that way. Uh, who was the uh, 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 Jonestown down in South America? The guy who with the Kool Aid that wasn't Kool Aid, but orange drink. But uh, Jones. He tried to be a United Methodist pastor <laughs> before he got his cult following. And the district level said, you're nuts, <laughs> and kicked him back out. And then he went and did his own thing. So we, we dodged a bullet there. The, the structure works. There's legitimate ways to, to make your way in. Uh, and the spiritual picture that Jesus spoke of, the door for the sheep pen had a doorkeeper. One who watched, who came in, and who who came out. The doorkeeper knows the true shepherd and appropriately grants them access. So in towns at that time, sheep from many flocks were kept in one giant pen. Uh, the the shepherds would bring all their all their flock in for the night. Uh, they would there's the hireling who's there to take care of them, and uh, I don't know if the sheep were marked. Uh, if you ever go to Ireland or, or Scotland or those kinds of places, do you ever see, if anyone's ever been there to see like the spray painted sheep? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they spray paint the sheep their color and this is, this is my sheep. Uh, they didn't have spray paint. I don't know how they marked them, but the sheep knew the voice. As we have names for horses and cows and dogs and cats, uh, people over there in the Middle East, they have certain names for, for sheep. Uh, they're just not random sheep, but they all have all have names. Um, I found one commentary uh, who who said, "In my youth, some shepherds in the Scottish Highlands not only called their individual sheep by name, but the individual sheep would also recognize their own name and respond to it." Yeah, it was custom in eastern countries for the shepherd to go to the head of the sheep, and they would followed followed that shepherd from pasture to pasture. Um, found another story. I was looking this up. Found another story. World War One. Some soldiers uh, from a foreign country were uh, they were over by Jerusalem, and they tried to steal some sheep because they were hungry. <laughs> but they tried to steal some sh uh, sheep from a hillside, and the shepherd woke to find his flock being uh, walked off, and he couldn't capture them by force, so he just kept out calling his flock with their distinctive call, and the sheep would turn around and come right back to the shepherd. The soldiers would fly and. And he'd call him again, and it, it was just a back and forth all night long. The, they, they couldn't get the, the sheep. Uh, I am the door for the sheep. Uh, Jesus used another picture of, of sheep farming in a lot of places. Out in pasture land, uh, the pens were only made with one entrance, and there was no door. 
the, the shepherd kept watch at the door. And if the shepherd fell asleep, they fell asleep, like laying in between uh, at where the door would be. Uh, that way, nothing could get in, nothing could get out without the shepherd, without the shepherd knowing. Uh, a timely topic is the running of the sheep now. Uh, they are headed for the foothills here. And um, if you saw them walking down the highway, you would see the sheep herder was in front. And of course, they had the help from the dogs too uh, to keep them going straight. But um, the, the sheep herders are coming in from Peru now, and they're here for a, a minimum of three years. So the sheep get to know them, and they know who their their shepherd is, and so that's what's happening now too. When do they have the running of the sheep? Uh, last weekend, I think. Oh, I dismissed it. Yeah. Now in August will be the running of the sheep in Sun Valley, down through Ketchum. So that's the one you want to see. That's the big one. Oh. Yeah. Therefore, Jesus said again, Verily, truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. There's a line in here that has perplexed some people before. Uh, verse 8, all who have come before me are thieves and robbers. And uh, some have taken that to mean, so you're saying all the Moses was. Moses was a thief and a robber and Abraham and all the prophets before you. And that's, that's not what Jesus is saying. Uh, uh, he's, he's squarely looking at the Sadducees and the Pharisees. And, and, and saying, you, you have taken this, this, this faith life to a degree where God did not intend it to go. And you are in this. You are in this not only for, for power, but for money. Did you know that there's money in, 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 in ministry? I have yet to find it, but it's out there somewhere. Uh, God bless those who do book deals and all that, but... Um, I, I do this because it's my job, but uh, I, I do it more for a calling. Uh, but there are, there are pa I, I do know some pastors who, I'm, I'm in it for the benefits. Uh, I'm in it because it's a, it's, it's a job to, to care for the flock. They're more like the hirelings in this. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. Uh common phrases throughout, throughout the Gospel of John. It says, I am the good shepherd, which implies that most shepherds are bad. Uh, again, Bible times. Shepherding was not a, uh, an occupation that was looked favorably upon. Uh, if you could not find a job anywhere else, 
you are a shepherd. You're away from your family if you have a family. You're you're a, uh, there's there's nothing stable about your life. And uh, Jesus kind of turns it on and said, "I am the good shepherd." Uh, shepherding is a good uh, it, it, it's it's a noble profession. Let's uh, let's celebrate it. Of course, the scream, Psalm 23, the Lord is my, yeah, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down green pastures, stills the waters. Would you, um, are there references of like this in the Old Testament? About good shepherds? Mm-hmm. Uh, Psalm 23 is the one that really comes to mind. Yeah. Uh, Ezekiel, I think, uh, thought a lot of that too. Shepherd being like a pastor ahead, being a shepherd to his flock, taking care of the flock. I think there's lots of references in the Old Testament, if I recall. I'd have to go out back and study that. Okay. So I think there's a lot of references, not references, inferences that he was making to the Old Testament as well. Yep. And uh, King David, King David a thousand years before Jesus, he was a because he was the youngest runt. Go out there. You are not, you don't, you don't get to have the nice house jobs. You don't get to work around the family. Go out and, go out and take care of, uh, go out and take care of the sheep. But it's also when he was out there that he learned how to kill a lion and, and a bear. And then later on, Goliath. He had that training as a shepherd all, all those years. Uh, my 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 uh, someday I'll do a sermon on this, but my favorite story about David is David and Goliath, because uh, here, here here's a little preview. So we have David. Uh, David has a what for a weapon? He's got sling, right? And he and he goes to the goes to the to the creek and pulls out five pebbles, which honestly is for effect because any good Benjaminite knows that you already got. You, you already got your ammo and you got it figured out. I think he's going for effect here. Uh, so he's going after Goliath, tall guy, uh, nine feet tall. Uh, I think is what it says. Nine feet. He's got and it and it goes through his uh, his spear has is, is is so many shekels and uh, uh, the weight and his helmet is this and it's, he's got to have someone else carry his shield. It's so heavy. Goliath. What's his weapon? Spear. Spear. Uh, not a throwing spear, just a spear. David's got a sling. David looks at this, Goliath down there in the valley. Uh, sitting duck is what the guy is. David was really never in any danger in this. We th- oh, David was so, so brave. Uh, he, he could outrun a guy uh, who can't even carry his own shield. It's so heavy. Um, he was a he was a sitting duck. Two, uh, Goliath thought he was too big to fail, and uh, David thought he was too big to miss. <laughs> and I look at it, you know, he started as a shepherd, one of the low lives. God can make anything beautiful, big, wonderful, and blessed if He chooses. Always be nice to the people around you because you never know where they're going to go in life. 
And if you got one of those jobs, uh, most of us are not in this boat anymore, but if you got one of those early jobs, you're working at Starbucks, you're working dishwashing in the back, leaders and, and, and uh, famous people come from all walks of life. Awesome. Uh, let's do verses 14 to 21. Let's just finish that page. 14 to 21. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life, only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my father. The Jews who heard these words were again divided. Many of them said, He is demon-possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said, These are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? Good shepherd lays down their life for the sheep. Hence, a bad shepherd or a hireling, will not defend the sheep and thinks the flock exists for their benefit. But the good shepherd lives and dies for the good of the sheep. Um, the title pastor and translates uh, the same ancient Greek word here for shepherd. Uh, it's a title that is rightfully earned and not guaranteed or assumed. Other sheep of which are not of this fold. I have used this scripture before in funerals for people who are non-believers or who may believe, they believe in God, but they're not quite sure. I'm not sure, I wasn't quite sure where they were on their, on their, on their, on their faith walk. Um, these other sheep are Gentile believers and not currently in the fold of Israel, which again blew the minds of the Israel uh, leadership at the time. What do you mean that God cares about people outside the, the, the Jewish faith? Jesus said that he must bring these sheep also who would also hear his voice. There will be one flock. Do you know what the... Um, all right, so sheep. Let's see, there's uh, crows are a uh, you know, uh, murder of crows, a herd of pigs, and what is it for sheep? There's another word out there, too. It starts with an F. Ooh, I think I heard, I think I heard it. Fold. A fold of sheep. Anyone ever hear a fold of sheep? Oh, oh. Ooh, all right. Farmer Mike can teach you a few things. A fold. Uh, that, was, that was the question many, many years ago is what did Jesus mean when, when he said this? John wrote it down, and uh, when, when it was translated, um, there, was a, uh, there was a translator by the name of Jerome. Uh, a couple hundred years after after the early Bible was written, he, one of his is one of the earliest that we do have. We do have a couple ones earlier, but we know his name, Jerome. He was translating the Latin version, and he mistakenly translated full or flock instead of fold. 
And his Latin, uh, they call it the Vulgate Bible. Uh, reading is, well, first of all, can you can you just say, uh, who cares, Pastor Mike? So a flock, the whole thing, the whole shebang. A fold, there are many different folds in a flock. So if you have all those different uh, um, uh, shepherds who bring in their uh, uh, who bring in their sheep at night, and you have all uh, at night you have all these sheep in there, one flock separated different folds. So when when the, when the Catholic Church came around and says there's only one church, thank you very much. Um, we don't need any. We don't need denominations. Uh, this is kind of where uh, one of the scripture references that they they go to. There is one flock, and we Protestants like to say, no, 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 no. There's many folds within this flock. Uh, we all we all have one shepherd, one shepherd, but we all we all many folds. It's a nice way to, of of saying it. Um, does that make? Am I making any sense? Does that? All right. Anyone can lay down their life. How many people do you know can come back? None, except for one. Uh, Jesus could take up his life again, uh, is where he says in here. Yeah, anyone could die for their faith. Anyone could die for their country. Anyone could die for their family. I can do that, and I can come back. I have the power to take up my own life uh, through his unique relationship with the Father. Um. The death of Jesus was completely voluntary. It was not an indirect suicide in any sense. Uh, it was part of the plan to submit to death and to emerge from it victoriously alive, according to the according to the Word of God. And again, we get the phrase, he has a demon, he's mad, he's crazy. Uh, and honestly, Jesus made, in, in the Gospel of John at least, John, uh, Jesus made such radical claims about himself that uh, he was either he was either a crazy madman or he was the son of God. It's hard to read this and think, well, he was just a nice teacher. Well, if he's a nice, he's saying some outrageous things, so he's he either is crazy or he's who he says he is, and that's why he has all those signs and wonders to help prove who he was. And uh, what we did on Sunday with the ascension, Jesus floating up to heaven, just another vindication, like he is who he says. He is. All right, let's do verses 22 to 30. Let's do two paragraphs there. Then came the festival of dedication at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was in the temple courts walking in Solomon's, in Solomon's colonnade. The Jews who were there gathered around him saying, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I did tell you, but you did not. You do not listen. The works I do in my Father's name testify about me, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. A feast of dedication. We know it by a different name. Um, it's, uh, what, was, what was the season? Winter. Give me a Jewish holiday in the wintertime. Hanukkah. That's what we know it as. Hanukkah. 
celebrated by cleansing and the rededication of the temple after three years of desecration by uh, Antichus Epiphanes, king of Syria. That was in the previous lesson that we had, if you remember back to Ezra. Um, so I'm going to go back to uh, uh, about 160, 170 years before Christ here. So uh, Ant Ant Antichus Epiphanes, I can never say his name, he attacked Jerusalem, took it over, and he instituted a reign of terror upon the Jews of the city. What did he do, I hear you ask? So he stole millions in gold and silver from the temple treasury. He said that by possessing a copy of the law, the Torah was punishable by death. He said that circumcising a child was punishable by death. He's going after all the Jewish stuff. You got to work on the Sabbath. There's no day off. Uh, he turned the, uh, the temple into a house of prostitution. He turned the great altar of burnt offering into a, they had a big statue of Zeus there. Uh, pigs were sacrificed upon the great altar, and you know how they love their bacon. Jews don't eat bacon. Uh, pigs, pigs and Jews do not mix. Um, there was, a, there was a, 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 a rabbi and a priest, and they were having lunch together. And uh, the, the priest was just, just chomping on a ham sandwich, just enjoying it right in front of the rabbi. And, and, and the priest says, this, this is so good. Why can't you have this? Like, this is, this is one of God's greatest gifts. You should, you should have this. Uh, I, I don't think it's right that you should be denied this. And the, and the rabbi told the priest, you know what? I will have, uh, tell what, I'll have a ham sandwich on your wedding day. Uh, also underneath Antichus, 80,000 Jews were killed and an equal number were sold as slaves. This was Satan incarnate uh, uh, to, to them. We did a, a revelation study uh, a year and a half ago, and the, the 666, some people think were Roman emperors, could also be, could also be this guy. Uh, a Jewish family by the name of Maccabees uh, rose up to end these horrors and uh, kicked, kicked, kicked them out. And it was told that the temple had been purified. They, uh, they came in to rededicate the temple. They got rid of Zeus. They got rid of all the bacon. They got rid of, the, we're going to make this where, what it was and what it should be. And they, they went to the oil, the oil that is specially consecrated for this. And they could only find one vial, one thing of oil that wasn't, already, that, that wasn't defiled by, uh, by the bad guys in this story. Uh, and so that's where we get the story of Hanukkah. There was only one, one uh, enough oil for one lamp. They had oil; it was it was it was already dedicated to Zeus, and they don't want they didn't want to commingle that. Uh, but by a miracle, it lasted eight days until the new oil could be prepared. There was a special way of making oil with the olives, with all the things that made the oil. Uh, it took it took about eight days to make oil, uh, to make it kosher, if you will. And it took all eight days, and so they, uh, they they lit the candle with the one vial that they had. I'm not sure how they're going to uh, keep the candle lit for the uh, until the new stuff is is, is ready, but it that's that's where we get Hanukkah from. Uh, 
It's not that they, they just ran out of oil. They just they only had enough oil that that worked uh, for where they were. Does that make sense? Uh, it was winter or the stormy or rainy season. Uh, another way, John, 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 John could be saying uh, the weather was bad, uh, and, and he's walking from the temple. He's walking uh, Solomon's colonnade, colonnade, uh, just right outside the temple. Uh, and people were asking, "Well, how long will you keep us in suspense?" And 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 Jesus says, says, "I've told you, but you don't like my answers. Are you the Christ?" That's a dangerous question, because with Christ comes this not only a political thing, uh, but also military. Are you the one who's going to kick out the Romans? To them, that's what Christ meant. Jesus is the Messiah. He's the Christ, but he didn't. I am, but I don't like the way, the, the, how, how it fences me in. Or it means something other than what you think it means. Um, if you would ask my wife a long time ago, she went to the she belonged uh, to the Catholic Church. Uh, someone someone asked her, "Are you a Christian?" And she said, "No, I'm Catholic." She didn't know there was a difference, like or or, or there wasn't a difference, right? Uh, the last church I was at across the street was the Christian Church. And uh, I remember being asked, oh, do you go to a Christian church? I'm like, yeah, I do. Oh, you have a nice building. I'm like, oh, I think you're talking about the other one. Uh, ours, ours, it was fine, but it wasn't, it looked like a pizza hut from the outside. That's what it looked like. Uh, <laughs> come on in for breadsticks and communion. Uh, it'll, it'll, it'll be fantastic. Um, oh, you're not a Christian then. It's like, I am a Christian. Just I, the, the language that you have. But it just, you know, we get tagged with labels and, and you're stuck. Jesus didn't want to get tagged with a label. Um, I've told you what I, I told you what I do. I told you what I believe. I told you to love each other. And you, I do these miracles. I do these signs. And still you're asking me, are you the Messiah? Translation, are you the one to lead us and kick out the Romans and, and gather an army and, and away we go? If that's your definition of Messiah, then I'm not. Uh, do you know what the difference is between Messiah and Christ? Language. That's it. Messiah, Hebrew. Christ, Greek. Same word, just differently. Uh, so when you say Jesus Christ, you could also say Jesus Messiah. It's exactly the same thing. Going back to the Revelation uh Armageddon, Revelation. Which word sounds scarier? Armageddon, exactly the same word. Armageddon, Greek, oh, I'm sorry, Hebrew, Revelation, Greek. Uh, there's, I, I, I looked it up, there's, there's, I did tell you, um, there in verse 25, other versions of the Bible say, I told you. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, times in John you find the phrase, I told you. <laughs> I told you, I am the Son of Man. I told you, I will raise myself. I told you, I am the bread of life. I told you, I am the door. I told you, I am the good shepherd. I told you. 
Jesus was never unclear about who he was. Uh, the problem was that the religious leaders just had hearts of unbelief, and they wanted they wanted to blame everything on Jesus. Let's finish it off. Thirty one to the end. We're gonna take a big bite here. Thirty one to the end. No, I lied. Let's do thirty nine. Uh, no, thirty one to thirty nine. Just those two. Again, his Jewish opponents picked up stones to stone him. But Jesus said to them, I have shown you many good works from the Father. For which of these do you stone me? We are not stoning you for any good work, they replied, but for blasphemy, because you, a mere man, claim to be God. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law, I have said you are gods? If he called them gods to whom the word of God came, and scripture cannot be set aside... What about the one whom the Father set apart as his very own and sent into the world? Why then do you accuse me of blasphemy because I said I am God's son? Do not believe me unless I do the works of my Father. But if I do them, even though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I in the Father. Again, they tried to seize him, but he escaped their grasp. The last line before this section, when I am the Father, are one. And again, his Jewish opponents picked up st stones to stone him, uh, again, for, for blasphemy. Um, uh, the, the Greek is, uh, here it says they just picked up stones. Uh, in, in the Greek actually means something like they, they had to leave, and, then, and they, they went to go find and fetch stones to fling at him. So they were gone for a few minutes before they could come back. Uh, it's clear they lost, they lost the argument. They, they could point to nothing in the words or the works of Jesus that showed that he was not the Messiah. Um, in Leviticus, it does say that uh, those who are convicted of blasphemy are punished by stoning. Uh, but you also have to go through a court of law to do this. This is a vigilante sort of thing going on. And it's true. If you can't answer these arguments with fair reasonings, then they give hard answer with stones. If you can't destroy the reasonings, then it's time to uh, destroy the, the reasoner, if you will. Um, the religious leaders surrounded Jesus. They held rocks to stone him, and he didn't panic. Jesus didn't run, but he stopped them with the power of his word. He answered them with, as an educated rabbi would speak to other educated rabbis. And he goes into this argument of Scripture saying, you know, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a place in the Old Testament where, where it talks about how you are gods. Uh, the judges of Psalm 82 that were called gods because in their office they determined the fate of other people. Also in Exodus chapter 21 and 22, God called the earthly judges gods, like minor gods. Uh, you stand in my place uh, to bring to bring order and, and justice to, to the nation. If God can give these unjust judges the title gods because of their office, would you consider it blasphemy that I call myself the Son of God? I don't even call myself God, but the Son of God, in light of the testimony of me and my works. The deeper aim is to show that the idea of man and God being one was not alien from the Old Testament but rather set forth in, uh, in, 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 in types and in shadows and in metaphor, if you will. Um, they tried to seize him. He escaped out of their hand. Uh, they were unable to carry out their violent plan against Jesus, and he went forth. Uh, oop, that's the next section. Let it go. Again, Jesus escapes death. So after all this, a couple times now, 
in this in this area. Jesus, hold on, let me take a look. Jesus is about to get stoned. Jesus is about to get stoned. Jesus is about to get stoned. Maybe it's time to go to another place. Let's. Uh, can someone just read that last paragraph for us? Then Jesus went back across the Jordan to the place where John had been baptizing in the early days. There he stayed, and many people came to him. They said, though John never performed a sign, all that John said about this man was true. And in that place, many believed in Jesus. Jesus did not remain in Jerusalem among the hostile religious leaders. At this time, his time is short, but not yet time for his arrest and crucifixion. Jesus went, uh, again, beyond the Jordan, familiar territory to him. Uh, this was uh, the land of Herod. Herod kind of ruled some of that area. Uh, Antipas, Herod Antipas. Uh, the rulers in Jerusalem had no authority. Uh, Jesus would be relatively safe from their harassment there. John performed no sign. Um, it is of both interest and and significance that as remarkable as the ministry of John the Baptist was, they knew that John performed no miracles. Yet everything he said about Jesus uh, came true. This shows us something about the place of uh, uh we all have a place. We all have a job. Maybe maybe we don't have miracles. Maybe we don't have the gift of speech. Maybe we don't have the gift of, of this or that. Uh, but we all have a place. John didn't do any miracles, but he was a person of high character. John didn't do any miracles, but there was, there was special work to do. John didn't do any miracles, but he won the highest praise of Jesus. Uh, many came to Jesus. Many believed him there. Uh, Jesus still faced great opposition from the religious leaders in Jerusalem. And yet many people still came to Christ. God's work goes on despite the opposition. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Go ye therefore and baptize and love and care and forgive everyone in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And the family of God said, Amen. Thanks for coming down and thanks for watching, everybody.
uh, no, no Bible study on July 4th. Awesome. Do they have to volunteer the whole time or can they volunteer for oh. The last line before this section, I am the father, are one. And again, his Jewish opponents picked up st stones to stone him. Uh, again, for, for blasphemy. Um, 